morning. So what I want you to do, uh, whether you're in-house or online joining us, is I want, to I want you to think about, um, and most of us have one or two, possibly three, really good friends. People that when life gets difficult, we call them up. When life is great, we're celebrating with them, right? But we know they're in our corner. We know that we have somebody in our corner. Somebody's there when life is good and when life is not so good. We all need those type of relationships, don't we? Now, it's interesting because Jesus, when he was walking with his disciples, for about three years he spent time with his disciples. And it came to a time where Jesus was preparing them because he was going to leave them. And he says, I won't leave you alone. I'm going to leave you with a friend, a comforter, the Holy Spirit. And he won't be with you like I am. He will be within you. And so this is the idea of the Holy Spirit, that he is... Jesus said to his disciples, he's going to be a friend. He's going to be in your corner. He's going to help you. He's going to assist you. He's going to convict you. He's going to be a, a really key part of as you move forward. And not just for the disciples, but for you, for, for, for you and for me, that we all need this, this friend, this Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of confusion. And let's just assume, and, and this is what I do, I assume that some of you, when you hear... Holy Spirit, you go, I don't even know if I understand that. It doesn't really make sense to me. Um, I've heard, you know, the, the King James Version translated the Holy Ghost, so that even makes it a little bit less understandable, I think. And so we say, so what are we, what is, who is this Holy Spirit? How are we to relate to, to him? And what is that all about? I mean, it, so some of you, this is old hat. You, you kind of can come up here and you could, you know, go to verses and you could share doctrine and all that. But for some of you, this is like new ground and it's kind of, I don't really get it. It doesn't really make sense to me. And I, I'm struggling with it. So what I want to do for the, just the first part of what we're going to do this, this uh, morning is I just want to go through kind of the Holy Spirit 101 to just assume that some of us here don't understand it and just kind of need to have just kind of some funda fundamental doctrine and fundamental ideas of what the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is. So let's just do that for a, for a minute or two. A couple things about the Holy Spirit. First, the Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity, and a mystery. Now, it's really important we understand this. There's a number of, of things in the Bible that are mysteries. What is a mystery? A mystery is something that you can't solve because you don't either don't have enough information or you don't have the capacity to figure it out. And that's okay. We live with a lot of mysteries in life, right? So mis living with mystery is not a bad thing. But essentially, the, the whole Trinity, God, the Holy Spirit is a mystery. But, but what the Bible teaches is the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity and is God. I want to read you kind of this, this interesting verse. Um, so in the book of Acts, and I've got to go real quick on this story because I want you to see, get the context. It, it, so what happened in the early church is people started selling their property and giving the money to the church. And so uh, a man named uh, Barnabas did it. And so another couple, Ananias and Sapphira, decided they would do the same thing. And you can read about it. It's in Acts chapter, chapter 5. And so what happened is, they, let's say they sold the land for $3,000, okay? 
But they said to themselves, listen, we sold this for $3,000. let us say that we sold it for $1,500 and give $1,500 to the church and keep $1,500 for ourselves. All right, so that's the context. So let me read it to you. Then Peter said to Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart, that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money uh, you received from the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What, you, what made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. Now, what's going on here? What's going on here is Peter simply saying this. It really didn't matter how much you sold the land for or how much you gave. That really wasn't the point. The point was that you said that it was the full amount. And, and, and if you had sold it for 3000 and you said we're going to give half to the church and keep half for ourselves, that wouldn't have been an issue. But you lied about it. Notice what he says, and this is the part that's interesting. He's just kind of describing this. He says, first, he says, you lied to the Holy Spirit. And then at the end, it says, you lied to God. And that's just one of the proofs. There's all through the scripture, you know, the Trinity formula, baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, right? And so we have this Trinitarian formula. And so the Holy Spirit is a mystery, but he is God. Here's the second thing you need to know about the Holy Spirit. He gives us this spiritual knowledge, power, and desire that we need. Um, Paul writes this. It's very interesting. He says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. All right, so... Here's the thing. Some of you, when you gave your life to Jesus, you begin to see things you couldn't see before. What I mean is you, you, you read the Bible and you saw things there. And uh, they made sense. The puzzle pieces started to fit together. And you said, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And, and kind of things started to fall into, fall into place. And so you still struggled with some things, but you know, for the most part, things started to make sense. But here's what happened to the people around you. Maybe family members, friends, other people around you. That's weird. You're weird. Why do you believe that? That's odd. That's strange. I don't get it. That doesn't make sense. And you try to share them the simple gospel and say, oh, I don't get it. Or I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. And uh, there was a point where you, that was you, that was me. And, and you, somebody tried to share the gospel with you or somebody tried to share something with you and go, no, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Or I, don't, I think it's goofy. Or I think it's strange. I think it's odd. I don't like it. I don't, I'm not interested in it. But now you are. And now it makes sense. And now you see. Because the Bible says you were spiritually blind and now you see. The Bible says you were spiritually dead and now you're alive. But your friends are still dead. They're still blind. They don't get it. See, this is what the Holy Spirit does. It gives you that it gives you that vision. It, it helps you to, the Spirit of God alivens you, right? Um, look at what, you might want to write this verse down, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. I love this verse. It's an incredibly encouraging verse to me, and it probably will be for you. He says this, uh, Paul writes, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Now notice first, he says, God is working in you. 
That's through the Spirit of God, okay? That's the point. God is working in you through His Spirit to give you two things that we need. We need to have the ability to do something, but we also have to have the desire to do it. Let me give you an example. Have you had a hard time when somebody has said or done something that really hurt you to forgive them? And you know you should, and you know you can, but you don't want to. You, don't, you have the ability, but you don't have the desire. And, and what this verse tells us is that God will give you the desire, not just the ability. And by the way, without the ability, you can't do it. And you have people around you who don't know Jesus and don't have the Holy Spirit who can never forgive. They don't even have the capacity to forgive. And they're kind of hard people to be around. The Christians ought to be different. If we belong to the king, we should be able to forgive people. And God gives us the ability and the desire through his Holy Spirit. Here's the third thing. We receive the Holy Spirit when we give our life to Jesus. The Bible is very clear about that. Look at what Paul says in Romans 8 9. He says, you, however, he's talking in contrast to pagans, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. In other words, what Paul's saying is, if you don't have the spirit of God dwelling in you, you don't belong to God. Simple as that. Now, what he's saying is interesting. He's not saying some Christians get the Holy Spirit. Some Christians are, uh, are filled or baptized or whatever, whatever phrase you want to call it. Some Christians get the gift of the Holy Spirit. Not all, the Christ, not all Christians. That's not what Paul says. Paul says if you're a Christian, if you gave your life to Jesus and he, because he gave his life to you, Jesus says, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit and he will dwell within you. Not just some, but all. If you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. He doesn't give it to some. He doesn't say, well, I'm going to give my Holy Spirit to the elite, you know, the, the, the Delta team Christians. No, no, no. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have the indwelling Holy Spirit within you. Jesus used another phrase in the gospel. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. You see, this is what we're talking about. Now, here's the problem. Unfortunately, we don't always allow the Holy Spirit to direct us. And Jesus prompts us through his spirit to follow him. We don't always do that. And there's two things the scripture says that we can do that can mess up our relationship with our Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Number one, we can quench the Holy Spirit. And we simply quench the Holy Spirit when, when the, the Spirit of God is prompting us to do something and we decide to either put it off or not do it. You say, no, I'm not going to do it. I'll, sometime, someday, but you never get around to it. You quench the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the, the second thing you can do is you can grieve the Holy Spirit. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Simply this, you grieve the Holy Spirit when you decide to sin, when you choose to sin. You, when you sin, you, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave you, but the Holy Spirit basically uh, takes a back seat. It doesn't take a back seat, but it takes his hands off the wheel, right? And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Now, three things that God has given us, and if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this is really the key to the Christian life. If you want to grow and be a better Christian next year than you are today, a better follower of Jesus Christ, there's three things, three things that God has given you. 
We've talked about one. He's given you his indwelling Holy Spirit. Without his Holy Spirit, there's you, you, the things that he's going to call us to do that we've been talking about. What has Paul been saying in Ephesians? Put off the old man. Put on the new man. He says, understand who you are. You've been adopted. Renew your mind. Change your mind. Uh, he's talking about uh, a lot of these other things uh, where he's going to talk today about be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. All these things are just are kind of like a... a a task list list that we just have. And, and if you look at it that way, you'll never, you'll never be successful in the Christian life. You have to walk in the Spirit. You need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. You need the encouraging work of the Holy Spirit in your life. So we need the Holy Spirit. Number two, we need God's Word. And, and, and what, is it, what does the Bible say about God's Word? How, the Holy Spirit is involved in this whole propagation of God's Word. In 2 Timothy 3, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, uh, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And that whole idea, God-breathed, is the, the work of the Holy Spirit who directed the writers to give us God's Word uh, so that we can be encouraged, corrected, directed, uh, everything he says here. So there's three things. Number one, Spirit of God. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have the Spirit of God, but are you grieving? Are you quenching the Holy Spirit in your life? Number two, the Word of God. Are you allowing the Word of God? To, you know, but what we're doing is when we read the Word of God and we take the Word of God in, by the way, that's happening right now. Some of you right now are good soil, whether you're in-house or online, you're good soil. You're hearing, you're receiving, you're saying, Spirit of God, speak to me, not through Matt, because Matt's going to make mistakes. He's going to mispronounce things. He's going to say things wrong. But through the power of the word of God, speak through Matt today. Speak through the word today. Use, use the word of God and speak to me. He's going to use the word. He's going to use his spirit. And he's going to use his church people. We need, God's created us for community. And we need to be with other Christians and that's why we're trying to, as best we can as a church to get as many people as possible in the life groups. Because if we can get people, we're sitting in rows in-house here right now. And we want to get people sitting in circles, sharing their lives, sharing their, their, their praying for each other, doing the one another, all those other things. But when we're, we connect people to God's word and God's uh, people, good things happen. Because... People see things in you you can't see. And when you build those friendships, those relationships, then you have the opportunity to be transparent and to grow and to become. And so these are, these are things we all need. We need these three things. So if, if you allow the Spirit of God and you're, you're taking the Word of God and you're connecting with other Christians in a smaller group and you're being transparent, good things will happen in your life. And you'll, you'll find yourself beginning to grow. You'll be more mature, more growing, more you know, with God, walking closer with God than you were a year ago. That's the goal. And it's very simple. It's very easy to do. But it's very challenging to do. So my question is, how are you doing in those three areas? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to direct your life? Are you allowing God's word to speak into your life? And are you allowing others, are you connecting with others to the point where you're being transparent with others? Are you, are you opening your life up to that? Because you need all three. You can't, it can't be just you and Jesus, okay? That, that doesn't work, and it's not taught in Scripture, okay? Because how do you love one another? How do you forgive one another? How do you bear one another's burdens? Um, how do you pray for one another? How do you, you know, forgive one another? How do you do that? You do it within community, all right? 
So all that to say, that's just a quick thing on the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, how he wants to function in your life. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he's there. And it may be that he's been dormant and you need to just step back, take your hands off the wheel of the car, feet off the pedal and say, Holy Spirit, you drive. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the thing that you do this week. You say, Holy Spirit, I've, I've driven enough. It's time for you to drive. You direct my life. We'll talk more about that. So let's jump into our passage, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. And uh, this is, uh, and the reason I did that is I wanted you to get the context so that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, you kind of have a little bit of a background. Hopefully that will be helpful for you. Ephesians 5, verse 15, Paul writes this. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another, one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart uh, to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what I want to do with the rest of our time is I want to talk about what are some signs that you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit or you're Spirit-filled. Our charismatic friends would say, and they are brothers and sisters in Christ, they would say, uh, the sign that you are under the influence of the Holy Spirit is that you speak in tongues or other things like that. I want to make a suggestion that there's three practical ones that I want to talk about, and I think those have really hit to the mark of truly whether you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit at any moment. So let's look at those. Number one, you choose to control yourself. One of the signs of the Holy Spirit is you choose to control yourself. You choose to control yourself. When somebody is intoxicated, they have little or no control over their time, their body, or their judgment. Have you noticed that? It's interesting. Uh, just kind of a side, side note. So in uh, Acts chapter 2, uh, Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost. And the, the other disciples are there. And they're preaching in different tongues, different languages. And there's a whole group of people from all over the world in, at, around there uh, that have gathered together on Pentecost, for Pentecost. And Peter's preaching and others are preaching. And some people begin to mock Peter uh, because he's, uh, they say, well, you know, they think he's, they, he's speaking a language that they know he's, that he's a Galilean and he's speaking in a different tongue. And they say, well, he's drunk. Of course he's drunk. And notice what it says. It's very interesting. This is Acts 2.12. Some, however, made fun of them. They've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up and with the 11 and you know, the other disciples, and he raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what has spoken of the prophet Joel. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now, notice what's going on here. The crowd, some of the crowd were saying they're drunk. They're intoxicated. They're under the influence of wine. Peter says, no, they're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Very different. Very different. Why don't we want people driving around intoxicated? Have you thought about that? Because for a number of reasons. Their re reaction time isn't quite as good. Their judgment isn't very good. 
their, their decision-making process isn't very good. We don't want people like them uh, driving thousand-pound, you know, multi-thousand-pound cars on uh, slippery roads or any kind of road. We don't want that. We want people who are alert, who are making good judgment and, and are mechanically able to do that. And, you know, and you've seen people where they, the, the police officer will pull them out and have them walk a line or do different things. And what are they doing? They're saying, okay, do you know who you are? Do you know where you are? Can you do this? Do you have any motor control? And, you know, here's the thing. If you've been around somebody who is drunk, sometimes they will say and do things that are terribly inappropriate. Uh, their inhibition is gone, and they become different people. You've met some people, you, we use the phrase, they're, they're an angry drunk, right? And it's because when they get drunk, they get angry. And some people just, uh, people just change. Alcohol has an effect on people. Now, we would generally, a lot of people go to this passage and say, well, this, this says you should never drink. And you, don't, you can go there if you want. There's something quite different and more important here, and that's not really the point that he's making here. What he's saying this is this. The more that you're under the influence of alcohol, of wine, the more you lose control over your life. Let me, can I say that one more time? Because we are living in a culture that says you can't handle the pressure of life and so what you need to do is medicate yourself and you need to get drunk and you need to drink and you need to dull the senses. When you drink, when you get intoxicated, you are losing control over your life. What Paul says is when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you gain control over your life. You control your life. You manage your life. You talk back to your world. Paul describes it. He says this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no love. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since they, we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, and this is Galatians, he, and by the way, if you go earlier in that passage in Galatians, he talks about the, the, the fruit of the flesh, and it's somebody who's out of control. He talks about war and dissension and anger and, and all kinds of perversion. And by the way, it's interesting because he talks about all these terrible things, and then he talks about quarreling and all this anger and all these other things, and you go, and you go, you start with a list. You can just read it in Galatians chapter 5, verse 18 or so, and he starts, works of the flesh are, and you go, yeah, 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 that's bad, that's bad, that's bad. And then he starts talking about things that you and I do on a regular basis, and we kind of just dismiss it. And you say, well, pastor, maybe he's going from, from really bad to not so bad things. Well, that might be the case. But then he talks about like quarreling and anger and dissension and all this other stuff. And he says, and murder. <laughs> so it's not like he's kind of, you know. Well, My point is this. What Paul is saying is this. When you're on the influence of the Spirit, you don't lose control. You gain control. Has there been a time in your life where the Spirit of God has had all control of your life? And somebody has come in your face, they've gotten into your grill, they've, they've come after you, and you have responded peacefully, calmly. 
you say, well, that wasn't me. No, it wasn't. It was the Spirit of God in you. Because if it had been you, <laughs> it would have been very different. Paul says, that's the old you. That's not the new you. That's not who you are now. See, Christians ought to respond different to, to conflict and to anger and to all that stuff. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit at that moment, you'll know it. Here's the second thing that happens when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You choose to live wisely. Look what he says. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace. Season with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. See, when you allow the Holy Spirit to direct your life, you um, choose to live in obedience to God by making the most of his divine appointments. Let me just tell you this. Some of you today will sit down and you'll plan your week. What's, what's happening this week? What have I got on my schedule this week? What, who am I meeting with? Who am I having lunch with? Who am I, what, do I, what are my responsibilities this week? What I want to tell you is this. God has some divine appointments for you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, God has some divine appointments for you today, tomorrow, and this week. They're on his calendar for you. There are conversations. There are people. There are things that God wants you to do in your life. He wants you to touch people. He wants you to encourage people. God wants you to include him in your daily plan. And so that's like waking up every day and saying, God, I don't know what, I know what my schedule is, but I don't know what your schedule is. Help me be in touch in step with your Holy Spirit so that when those divine appointments come, the Holy Spirit's going, ah, 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 this is it. This is it. Wake up. Be alert. And I wonder for myself how many times I've just been asleep at the wheel when the Spirit of God is saying, Matt, 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 Matt. Is God asking you to do something? Do it now. Make the most of the time of, and your divine appointments. Be aware of what God is doing around you. Um, tomorrow's not guaranteed. So make the most of today. Here's the third thing. We'll close with this. You know you're in step with the Spirit when you choose to be thankful. He writes, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. You, one of the things you can do as a follower of Jesus Christ is you can choose to be thankful. You can choose to be thankful. Um, there's three things that we've talked about in the last couple of weeks that you should be thankful for as a follower of Jesus Christ. Number one, you're forgiven. All your sins are forgiven. Number two, you've been adopted into this new family we call the church. And he's our father, and he loves you. You're his beloved son, daughter. And number three, you have a special place and an inheritance in eternity waiting for you. That will never rot, and will never rust, and will never fail. Whatever is happening to you right now, whatever is going on in your life right now, whatever is dragging you down right now, you have to hold these things up. up up and you have to say these are the reality of my eternity and they outweigh the current circumstances of my life right now some of you are if you've ever done um, story time with your kids when they were growing up you did uh, Winnie the Pooh and you know you had Eeyore oh oh Sunny day, gonna get a sunburn. It's always negative. It's like, as a kid, I never liked that donkey. <laughs> and then there was Tigger. Bouncy, 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 Tigger. Some of you 
are a little bit wired to be Eeyores. The glass is half empty. Some of you are Tiggers. It's full. And you have these Eeyores telling you it's not full, and you're telling them, hey, you know, it's fuller than you think it is. And you're kind of, this, you have this scale, but I'm telling you as a follower of Jesus Christ, we should have our heads up and we should be so positive because he's got things under control in this world and in our lives. And you're dearly loved by him. And nothing is going to happen in your life this week that he doesn't already know about. And he has a divine plan for your life this week. However difficult your week looks this week, he's going to go with you. He's given you his indwelling Holy Spirit. That's the point. He says, you're not going alone. You're going with me. If you, if you get one of the things we all need in life, we all need this in our lives. We need to know when life gets hard, when life gets almost impossible, that we can look in our corner and somebody's there. And what Jesus has said is, I will not just be in your corner. I will be within you through my spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that's not just given to elite Christians. It's giving to every Christian. And that when you leave this place, the spirit of God goes with you. What perspective are you going to choose this week? Let me ask you a couple questions as we close. We talked about the Holy Spirit. We talked about signs that you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Has there been signs that you've been under the Holy Spirit walking with the Spirit this past week? If not, what's going to change today, right now, in your heart that's going to make that happen? God's got a plan for your life this week. God's got divine appointments this week. God has big ideas about what you can be and who you can be this week for him. He's your best friend. He'll never leave you. Will you allow him to guide you and direct you this week? Paul says, don't be drunk with, all, with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled and you're controlled and you're walking and you're ste in step with, not ahead, not behind, but you're in step with the Spirit, you will see God do amazing things in your life and in the lives of those around you. Can we just, as Christians, choose today that we are going to walk in the Spirit this week and allow God to guide us and direct us for His glory and our good? Can we, can we do that? Let's stand and let's just ask that right now. And so, Father, I pray for me and I pray for everyone in this place and I pray for everybody watching online that we would allow your Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us, that we would keep in step with your Holy Spirit. We're so grateful for all that you've given to us. We're so grateful for your indwelling Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your church, Father. We ask that you would help us to be aware of the leading, pleading of your Holy Spirit this week. That we would allow your Spirit to fill us, to guide us, to direct us, so that we can gain control of our perspective and our life. We pray this for your glory, for our good, in Jesus' name.